ASI, episode 25, season 3 of the podcast. My name is Russ Sean. ASI247.org. What is it? What is it, you ask? A recovery podcast, right? That's just boring. I don't know about that. Okay, here's what the ASI podcast is slash does, all right? What it does is you, you put it in your cranium, okay, via, like, uh, speakers, headphones, earbuds, right? You, you put it in your cranium, and then, and then what it does is it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like laxative, right? It gets inside your head there, and then hopefully it rattles around enough to uh, to empty some some junk, right? Some some constipation out your heart valve, all right? That's what that's what it is. That's what it does. Uh, this is three days grace bumper. Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, ASI247.org is the website. The Good Life, indeed. Why, why do the show, why continue this thing, Russ, why? Because I was very very stubbornly stuck, all right? I was very stubbornly addicted, and today I experience way more freedom than I thought possible, all right? Something that I have on the, on the website is the reality of, of sexual addiction is it's not your friend, okay? It's not the good life you don't have to stay shackled like a, like a slave, right? Like a prisoner to your own your own sexual misconduct, your own lusts. All right, there is freedom from this thing, and it's way better. It's a way better life than being under the thumb of your own lusts and passions. It really is. It's way better than being addicted you know, day by day, not knowing, right, just like, uh, I just, uh, you're stuck, I've been there, I've felt that, 
And uh, let me tell you something. In your heart, all right, uh, digging a little deeper than just simply your mind, all right? You're not just a... You're not just a brain walking around like a freaking robot. Your heart is is a, has a river, right? That has a pull, and uh, and it's it's more complicated than just the the thoughts of your mind. Okay, and let me tell you something. There is going to be a deliberation. <laughs> All right, the jury is out between your heart and your brain and and they will continue to deliberate and that's what this show is about maybe helping solve some of that uh, deliberation process of, uh, uh, of what you're gonna do with your genitals <laughs> so anyway kicking off the show with a little uh, I don't know little wisdom there little what, what is it well what is it Russ what is the podcast that's what it is alright boom let's solve that right there um, uh, I don't know. I feel a little punchy. I, I've been out for a while, right? I took a few weeks off, almost a month. The The podcast I put up last week, I actually recorded like a month ago. So uh, a little bit of editing and put that up. And uh, yeah, my friend Scott, I miss that guy, man. Miss that guy being at our church. Miss seeing him on Sunday. He's just a, he's just one of those cats, one of those folks you, you can talk to. You feel safe opening up around. He's that kind of, he's that kind of cat, that kind of dude. Anyway, um, the website asi247.org. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, would you do me a favor and subscribe? All right. If you just hit the subscribe button, it's like uh, it itches, right? Uh, oh, thanks. All right, you got it. Yeah, you, you, you hit the subscribe button and. Uh, it feels much better. Thank you. Uh, it's the same with uh, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio, it's like a, a favorites button. You add me to a, a station, right? You can you can put me in one of your stations on Stitcher Radio. Hit the thumbs up button if you want to help. Uh, you want to help this message continue, man. I, I'd certainly appreciate that. Um, as we continue on in. Uh, in the 12 steps and studying the 12 steps from a guy who is a 12-step skeptic all right I've been a 12-step skeptic I continue and, and I and I'm I'm taking you on a journey through these steps as a guy who's not you know I, I wasn't sold on them I didn't go through them um, I did with drugs and alcohol all right I was a drug addict I was an alcoholic when I was like 15, 16 years old, while my brain was still developing, I was, you know, I was doing shooters, all right? I was stealing booze from my stepdad and getting, you know, paying like homeless dudes to buy us a bottle at the liquor store, that kind of thing. And, and then drug addictions. So um, I was forced into recovery by the state, and it just kind of, I don't know, I, I knew some other people that went through 12 steps and Anyway, so I'm a skeptic. I'm not Mr. Sold on the thing, but there are some great, some great nuggets of wisdom. There are some great motivational uh, machines or mechanisms that are in the steps that, that I want to explore, and I want to take a look at them from a positive perspective instead of being a critic. Um, just because I'm a skeptic. Skeptic doesn't mean critic, by the way. All right. 
just because you're skeptical about something that means you can look and gain more information on the subject you don't have to be a troll all right being a troll is something else altogether it means you just have a big negative sign above your profile and uh as you know no, uh, not that's not being a skeptic a healthy skeptic is someone who is like all right i'm willing to learn all right so that's me that's where i come from when talking about the 12 steps so i, I wanted you to to understand that like some folks, you know, like emailing in, Russ, have you, you know, uh, you taken, you drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you, Russ? You missed your 12-step now. <laughs> no, I haven't drank the Kool-Aid. I, I don't even know what that means. I do know what it means. I'm sorry. I totally do. But th this is a little more deeper than, <laughs> just like, I'm sold, man. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. No, uh, I'm not. So, uh, anyway, uh, how was your summer? I'll ask you that. How was your summer? People asking me how I'm doing, stuff like that. It's been good. Uh, my wife and I got chickens. So, yeah, I know. We live in the city of Everett, which is about 20 minutes north of Seattle. And we, we got, like, backyard chickens. I built, like, a chicken coop out of scraps and stuff that I found at <laughs> various places, construction sites and mills and things, and built a chicken coop. It's kind of fun. We got backyard chickens. We even took them to the fair to show them, which was fun, right? Like, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know nothing about chickens, but the chickens are pretty cool looking. So I thought, hey, I saw chickens at the fair. It was one of my favorite things at the fair were the chickens when I was a little kid. So we took our chickens to the fair, and they actually won some awards and ribbons and stuff, which kind of blew the mind of some of the chicken Pharisees, <laughs> Right? There's the chicken Pharisees. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you go to a dog show, you see the dog show snobs. Well, in the chicken world, <laughs> my wife and I learned this, is that there's like there's like chicken snobs, right? They're like, oh, you, you can't get chickens, like ch baby chicks from a feed store and win in, in a, like a breeder's competition like this. And uh, no, I, we... Right, proved them wrong. By the grace of God, we got two really good chickens from the feed store that won like best of breed and stuff like that. So, um, no, we didn't win any money, but we got ribbons, which is cool. And you get free tickets to the fair. So, uh, went to two fairs and got a bunch of free tickets, got to get into the fair for free, which is awesome, right? Just bring chickens, they put them in a cage and they sit there for three days they feed them water them it's awesome anyway i'll stop talking about my chickens now i'm sure you're I, but i guess i had a counselor years ago uh he said russ you need to find something that you guys both enjoy together and this is something that my wife and i both enjoy together it's pretty cool you know, doing something for my wife. I built a chicken coop. I built it for me too, I guess. But it's something cool that my wife and I could do as a couple. And, uh, you know, our kids are growing up. My son's 18. He's about ready to move out. My daughter did move out. So, you know, it's something we can do together. Anyway, they, they make eggs. It's like a pet that makes food for you. It's awesome. Anyway, I've heard too many stories from guys who are like my age and the kids move out and she stops having sex with you, right? That's, that's usually how they put it. 
so I haven't had sex in months, you know, years, some guys. And, and, and I guess my question for you is, you know, why, why, what would it take to cultivate your relationship? What would it take to cultivate her, her heart? What would it take to pursue her and try and build that relationship again? Stop making excuses. What would it take to stop making excuses to pursue her, pursue relationship with her? I mean, isn't, isn't the truth that it's just easier to jerk off to a porno than it is to, you know, invest time and money and trying to build that relationship? I mean, isn't, that's true, right? I mean, anyway. But it's but it's it's shallow. It's dull. It's like, you know, it's like you're really hungry and you want a steak and and, and potato and right a big nice meal, but you're settling for a bag of potato chips. Okay, I guess that's what it's an analogy for you. So um, if you want steak and potatoes, it's better to have a plan. All right, that's what I'm saying. But again, that's kind of like advice right like it's like behavior modification but it it's not in the sense that you're pursuing someone else it's getting outside yourself desire because desire is important without desire we don't do anything you can get a bunch of information but you know that's not going to help you without the desire and one thing i try and put in the show is a little motivation. I, I, I consider myself more of a coach and trying to stimulate your brain enough to, you know, get you to move, right? Get you some motivation to move yourself in a different direction, all right? I'm not the coach that stands up with a whistle and yells, get off your ass. Um, I, I, maybe I am. I, uh, but you hear what I'm saying, right? That's my heart for you. I know I'm not naive enough to think that just giving you a bunch of new information is going to help you. Um, it helps, yeah, but this podcast ain't going to get you off your butt. There's really got to be a there's got to be a throttle, right? There's a throttle in your in your motivator somewhere in your being somewhere that's gonna that's gonna get you to move it. it and I'm more concerned with that thing than I am with just filling your head with more facts. All right? One thing I've learned being in, in sales, in, in that's what I do for a living, being, being in sales for 25 plus years has, has helped me realize that people are not motivated by rationale. All right? I mean, it helps. It helps to have some, some facts and some reason in there. But mostly we are motivated by what we love. For example, uh, I'm in the pizza business, right? I'm a catering service. I'm like self-employed. I'm a sales rep. Buy a bunch of pizza for this company. And I, and I take them out and I sell them to big businesses. Um, earlier, not less than uh, an hour ago, I was at the Seattle Public Schools bus barn. Or the city of Seattle, like over a hundred school bus drivers come through this place between four and five and I walk in with a bunch of pizza and I say hey I know there's two things that you love a you love pizza right <laughs> like yeah and you love not having to cook dinner after dealing with 
loud kids all day, right? Right, I love that. I got pizza right here. They're like, sweet, man, let's go. And that's, man, that's how people are. People are motivated by what they love. And another thing I've learned by, you know, listening to a lot of lectures at a lot of different schools and, you know, college professors at, I mean, I've been blessed by technology. Because I drive all day, I get to I get to sit in, right? Like sitting in the back of a classroom at universities like Berkeley and Yale and MIT, and and it's awesome, right? Um, Reformed Theological Seminary, um, West Westminster Seminary, it's just awesome schools, right? I'm I'm blessed to live in the day that I I do because I can glean knowledge from from just while I'm driving around, which is awesome. So one of the things I learned from those cats are that we're, um, we're emotional, right? But one of the big things I will disagree with the atheist college professors is that love is an emotion because love is deeper than an emotion, all right? Affection is an emotion and affection can move you, but love is something deeper, it really is. Um, and you're moved by not simply emotion, but you're moved on a, on a third level. And that's where your heart's going, and that's what you love. I, I say that a lot in the show. I say, um, I, I want to I reach you at a heart level. Like, I want to talk to you or speak to that third level. You know, where are you at behind your eyes, right? I say that a lot, too. Because we can hear a piece of information and think, oh, my wife needs to hear that. <laughs> right? Or that guy at church needs to hear that. No. What about you behind your eyes? I'm talking to you. Can you filter what I'm saying through your, your own spirit and think about it? We are beings, we are spiritual beings that move on a heart level, all right? It's not just emotion. It's not just neurology. Um, you're not just wires in a box. That's where I'm going to disagree with some, some cats, but that's true. You're not. So the fifth step is admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Um, some people have called this making amends. I wanted to go a little deeper into, into step five. Um, admitting to God the, the exact nature of our wrongs is realizing that, that we ha have done something wrong. All right, and, and how deep does that wrong go? What does it look like to evaluate a, a wrong, a sin against God? Um, Jesus says in Matthew 5 that, you know, even looking at a woman with lust in our hearts, we, we've committed adultery, right? He's really raising the bar on what the Pharisees think. Pharisees think, you're right, that religious elitists, these guys, I mean, they think you're pretty good people, right? I never killed anybody. I never cheated on my wife. And then Jesus comes along and says, if you've even thought about it, if you've had lust in your mind, then, you, then I say you've committed adultery in your heart. 
So that's different, right? Basically, I was I thought up this uh, metaphor, and I've done a ton of these metaphors. A lot of them in the past, in the in the first season of shows, and talking about some of this stuff. And I, and I have a new one, right? <laughs> I used to do like the theater of the mind, and your 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 heart, your brain, your brain's kind of like a computer. Um, but going into the heart more with this uh, this season uh, season three, you know, talking about results. Um, I've really learned over the years it's, it's, it has to do with the heart. And, and this show is called Attitudes of Sexual Integrity because attitude is kind of like the energy of the heart. It's, it's what comes flowing out of you, right? And it had me thinking about your body is how you experience love, right? It, what you love comes through your ear gate, your eye gate, your touch gate, your taste gate, Right? That's how we, we experience love coming into us. So it had me thinking about smartphones. Okay, people are, people are like smartphones. Um, what's a smartphone? Uh, if you're in a country that maybe you've never seen a smartphone, uh, an, I, an iPhone, it was the first smartphone, right? And it's basically like having a computer in your pocket. And you can download apps and games or productivity apps. There's apps for making apps, right? There's there's apps for just about everything. Um, here in the States, there's security companies where you can download an app and, and watch the security camera of, of, of your house, you know, while you're at work or where you're at vacation or whatever. There's there's apps for, anyway, there's apps for all sorts of kinds of things. You can download these apps. You get a new smartphone, you start downloading apps, and sometimes, for me, right, you get bored and you just, like, I'll download an app, and it, and it, it kind of makes you feel good, right? <laughs> like, it feels good to, I just downloaded an app. It's like buying something, but it's free. Like, you can pay for some apps. Most apps are free. I, I, I think I've paid for maybe two apps of the hundreds I've downloaded over the years, right? The Evernote app, for example, is an app that I love, okay? As a guy who's disorganized, right, I struggle with, the, like, you know, ADD, right? I'm, I used to carry a paper calendar around with little post-it notes and sticky notes in it, and, and it would just be a big mess. I'd put notes in there and paper clips to hold the notes, and then I'd open it up and everything would just go flying all over the place. So <laughs> Evernote is, is an awesome app where you can just like take notes, you can create notebooks, you can put pictures in the notes, you can put PDF files in there, you can write, it's awesome, and it's in your pocket, it's on your computer at home, all the same apps can be on your tablet, your computer, your smartphone, it's awesome, right? For example, that's, that's one of the, the apps that I love. Now there's apps also that are, um, you know, just like mindless fun. You know, some of these soundboards. I, I downloaded the, the R2-D2 soundboard. Here, check this out. <laughs> See, it's like, you can, you can have R2-D2. Because he's like, he's like an emotional robot, right? He's like making little noises that have to do with excitement or sadness or whatever. So, anyway. But that's like one of those mindless apps. And some of them, like you download them for free, right? And they come with like adware or malware. And they can jack with your phone and mess with your phone. So... You know, we we download some of these things, for example, and then we think about them, right? Like, do I need this? 
this is throwing up ads in my notification bar. <laughs> like, that's not cool. So uh, I delete the app. Um, over time, your phone, your smartphone, if you own one and you do like I do and download a lot of apps, it can get bogged down. And sometimes when you delete an app or, you know, get rid of an app, it's still, it's still there. Like, there's still data from it on your device and it can mess with your device and make it slow or make it not function right and sometimes you have to go in and do a factory reset on your phone and just erase everything and start over um, that's something human beings cannot do but our, our bodies do right we do intake information we do intake different experiences we do um, bring in things like the pornography app, right? And there are those. There's apps on porn. There's also apps like Clear Eyes, um, X3. You can download for your smartphone to, to keep right to keep tabs or have accountability on what you look at on your smartphone or your tablet. Um, th those are good apps too. You hear what I'm saying, right? You download some kind of app and then your heart thinks about it deliberates on it or this app starts to mess with your life right like your phone crashes or it starts running slow and you think man I gotta go in and delete that thing get rid of it um, but then there's some some sticky leftover right there usually is and as human beings we, we can't do a factory reset I think that's a lot of what we see with depression and anxiety in people is all of these things that we love that we've brought in. I mean, we live in a here in the United States, man. We live in a in a bombardment of stimulation culture, right? I mean, there's ads everywhere. People are constantly trying to sell you stuff. Um, there's a you know, a false gospel being preached to you every day on several different levels. Right here, take this pill. You're gonna, it's gonna save you. Buy these jeans. You're gonna look great, and you'll feel better. And it'll, right? I mean, wait, eat this burger, and your life will change. You know, you hear what I'm saying, right? I love that burger. That looks delicious. It's got avocados. I love avocados. You hear what I'm saying, right? What you love most starts to rise up in your affections 
right? And you can't just flip a switch and say, I don't want to love that anymore. There could also be a part of you that still loves that, but you don't love it anymore. Like that flesh versus spirit battle that we all have, you know? There's, my, my heart, my soul over here doesn't love this anymore. But I keep getting pulled by this over here to, to, to worship that, right? See, what we love is what we worship. You hear people say that, like as an analogy. I heard this guy, he's like interior designer, and, and uh, he's talking about another interior designer and some of the work that he's done, right? And, well, what do you think of this man? And the guy's like, I love this man, right? I, I worship the ground he walks on. See, that makes sense in our culture. I worship, you know, that. This new artist, you know, I heard this band and I went to the concert and it was like, wow, they're my idol. Does that make sense? So we go into liturgy here. And again, if if there was a paradigm shift I could make with this word liturgy, I would get you to think less about the religious part and more about just your life. Like, in the Catholic tradition, there's certain disciplines that Catholics who love Jesus do, right? To, uh, things they do, you know, pray the rosary, they come to church, there's holy water. There's just, there's just a lot of stuff to do if you're, if you're a Catholic. Um, but in our day-by-day lives, there's certain disciplines that we, we do as well. I mean, every morning we get up. I mean, a lot of, a lot of folks, you got an alarm clock. Right or your phone, you get there. Like, There's an app for that, Russ. I got a, I got an alarm clock app on my phone. All right, wh- whatever. Right, you get up in the morning, <laughs> and you and you shave if you're a man, right? Or you you do yourself up. You get your hair done if you're if you're a, if you're a hipster guy, right? If you live in Seattle, you have a beard. Maybe you need to, I don't know, comb that or get the get the chips out of it from the night before. Uh, it's beards becoming popular again. It's just, I don't know. So you get what I'm saying though, right? There, these are disciplines that we do daily. Get up, you get on a bus and you go to work or you get in your car and you sit in traffic on the way to work. These are, these are disciplines. These are things we probably would, would rather not do, but it's just part of the, it's just part of how we live, right? We do laundry, we take a shower, we cook dinner, prepare dinner, do the dishes, you know, things like this. It's just part of being a person, right? And this all has a has an order of desire, you know? Like, I, I prepare a meal because I, I, I can't afford to go out to eat, <laughs> for example, right? Um, I, I prepare a meal because I love my spouse. Like, a, sometimes a guy will cook a, a woman a meal, you know, have a... a indoor date, some of you guys are married, right? I, I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. All of these different disciplines we do because we love or are trying to keep in focus the normality of life. You know, I, I look a certain way. I come to work and I dress like this. I'm the guy with the with the beard, right? <laughs> I'm the woman with the uh, who has the hair that's blonde and I dress professional and I'm the person that looks responsible. These kinds of things, we, we try and keep our, we do our rituals, we do our disciplines to keep the things that we love in a certain order, to keep the, the normality of life in a certain focus, right? 
the pecking order of desires. So there's the monotony of the of the day or of the week, right? And then we we look for that good life. You know, over here we have a different desire that's different than our professional life or our our family life even, right? We have a we have a desire over here to to kind of seek out that good life, like that song. I, I just want a little of the good life, right? I just want to have a good time. And and that's not bad. Again, that goes back to the Bible. It's one of the commandments, right? Sabbath, letting our hearts find rest instead of just cranking along, working all the time. God knows that's not good for us. And God said, hey, on the seventh day, I rested and you should rest, Right? doesn't necessarily mean that well Sunday you just sit around and do nothing like a like a self-righteous religious person this is showing part of, of our human right the way we're built and wired we're wired to want a little Sabbath all right it's not being a selfish narcissist to want a little me time okay but again the pecking order can get out of out of place. That word pecking order comes from chickens. <laughs> it's a sociological metaphor to, to chickens. And what's cool is, is having chickens, I, I started to realize what this word pecking order means. Because you get chickens like at the feed store, right? And you take them home and they, they're little chicks, you know? They're really cute. And they look like, you know, something out of a, an Easter commercial right and they grow up and they get older and then they they get kind of mean you know uh, having backyard chickens is like is like I don't know junior high school students or something they're just kind of mean to one another but if you have a rooster the rooster kind of keeps the pecking order because the rooster that his main focus is watching over the hens so he'll sit there and he'll correct them and he'll you know hey stop picking on that one and he's kind of like a like a referee at a football game he runs out with his whistle and, he, and that's what the the rooster does now when you live in the city like I do I live in the city limits and you cannot have a rooster in the city my wife and I tried um, the neighbors like okay that's annoying right <laughs> and even me I'm like you know what I don't the, the thing's annoying like that is loud it is the butt crack of dawn and I've got the fan on in our bedroom and I can still hear that freaking rooster cock-a-doodle doing so the rooster <laughs> has to go so we get rid of the rooster and it, it was a good thing that we got rid of him not too long after he started crowing because if you let the if you let the rooster get older with the hens and then you just remove the rooster you screw up the pecking order so the chickens will start to attack each other now a good thing for us is we have a couple of bossy hens we have one hen that's super bossy another hen that's kind of bossy but the bossiest meanest hen that we have keeps our pecking order um, I have another friend that has backyard chickens it's like a thing now here in the Seattle area and more people around here have backyard chickens I guess than any other like metropolitan area in the United States and they changed the laws and some of it is they changed the laws like in Seattle in the city of Seattle you can have like eight chickens we can only have six it's like what I don't know I don't need any more chickens to be honest with you six is good 
<laughs> but anyway, you see what I'm saying with pecking order, right? Again, we have another friend who's got chickens and they, t they got rid of their rooster too late. Like they thought they tried to keep their rooster and the neighbors complained and you know, you got to get rid of the rooster. They got rid of the rooster and the chickens started pecking each other's feathers out. So she's like, yeah, we got chickens with, you know, their feathers are missing and they are beating each other up and they got, you know, scars and scratches and you don't want that because chickens can get sick and then and then they're dinner right <laughs> I don't know but that's that's pecking order um, your desires the, the, the longings of your heart have a certain pecking order depending on how your day goes depending on what happens in life depending on the the things that the history of who we are, our desires have a pecking order. Listening to lectures on social psychology, I became fascinated with norm formation, you know, like norm formation in culture, for example. Like, why are beards becoming popular again? Like, it's weird. Why does, why does some of the music that we hear today starting to sound kind of like the 70s? <laughs> what, what, what is that? Why is that popular now again? these kinds of things but really one of the things I learned about liturgy and what the, the right the Catholic Church and this this word liturgy is really uh, I mean this has been going on for hundreds maybe a thousand years these guys have been talking about ritual formation and it's not just a religious word it's not like you don't have rituals right and this is something that's warmed me up to the 12 steps because the 12 steps are like 12 rituals and it's not like we don't do steps or rituals or social norms right we all do them and this also shows again how we're not rational creatures first Okay, we're not just brains on a stick, as this lecture said. Um, downloading the Fruit Ninja app is not rational. Does that make sense? I just love it. I just get a cut fruit in half with like a samurai sword without wasting any money. I get to chop watermelons in half, apples in half, uh, pomegranates. You know, you get extra points for zap, 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 right? And it's just awesome. You just, I, I love that. It's just mindless fun. There's nothing rational about it. I just like it. That's why, you know, the interest in cognitive neuroscience or the, the interest in psychology. That word psychology, by the way, it actually comes from the Greek. It's a very old word. It means study of the soul. All right? So what if the study of the soul is pointing out the fact that we are lovers, that we want our hearts to get caught up in something, that we want something on a heart level, that something that we love or someone that we love, we want them to take us away, to sweep us off our proverbial feet, as it were. What if it's part of our architecture? What if it's just how we're built? Something grabs a hold of our heart and like a, like a creek comes off of a river, you know, there's a new normal that starts to be formed, right? It really makes you think about that. Like, you hear people say things like, you know, I better not think about this too long. I'll talk myself out of it. 
And sometimes it's a good idea to talk yourself out of it. Like, you know, your heart, like some of us are just more, is it spiritual? Is it emotional? Is it undisciplined? I don't know. But some of us just, our hearts grab a hold of something and we just get sucked down that river, right? It makes sense. What we love changes us, doesn't it? We don't just stop loving. We don't just stop being emotional, spiritual creatures. Being honest about my own life, and if you look at, you know, I mean, how do guys say you're probably bipolar? You know, it's a chemical thing. It has something to do with your mind, and your, your mood swings go back and forth, and, you know, it's a chemical thing. Well, how did it become a chemical thing? Is it because my search for the good life has me expending a lot of manic energy? Because that makes me feel happy for a little while, right? And then when it doesn't work, when it doesn't work for the long term, when it doesn't move in and try and fix this little hole in my soul, depression sets in and I get bummed out lay around and have a nasty negative attitude and right how, how much of this is ritual formation right it makes you think again it's going for the heart it's taking a deeper look at why we do the things we do so again taking a deeper look at step five and listen, before I get into that, I pray this message rocks your attitude, all right? In that it's not that your pecking order is always going to stay the same. It does change. It's something I talked about at the beginning of the show. Your rituals will change. You are changing, all right? It's not that you have to get on the wagon or climb this big mountain of recovery. You get to change your rituals, because they change, because your desires change, because things do change over time. Man, you're not just a tossed around like a ship without a rudder. You have a, a God who loves you. You have a Father in Heaven, a good Father, a good, loving, caring Father who wants good for you. Alright? So the fifth step Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. More than, deeper than just making amends, okay? What this is, is making amends to God. That's what I want to, if I could get in your head a little bit. What if this is making amends to God? Uh, I played that song, Red Hands, at the beginning of the show. We have blood on our hands, all right? God loves us so much that he sacrificed for us. We sin. The blood of God is on our hands. Like we killed God. So uh, Psalm 51 is just a, a psalm that goes straight to my heart. Um, David, uh, King David, right? He has a, a bomb go off in his life. Sexual misconduct. It's even worse than that. It's murder. And he is busted. Alright? The guy is totally busted. And in his uh, grieving of the situation, he, he calls out to God. 
And in verse 4, he says, Against you only, you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Right? This is, this is his heart. And, and I pray that building a relationship with God is not just that he's, he's after you and he's going to punish you and that he's disappointed. How do we approach him? in light of that very heavy, very weighty sin that we committed against God. Yeah, you probably hurt your spouse. You probably hurt the people in your life. But ultimately, we sinned against God. All right, what, what if that's true? And what if kind, loving, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, God, in his forgiveness of you, in his seeking you out, in his relentless coming after you, that you're in the place that you're at right now. Because he wants to be the pecking order of desire and love in your heart. See, that's part of the old self. It's that, you know, God's disappointed in me. God's looking down, shaking his head. And that's just simply not true. That's not our identity. Our identity in Christ is forgiven. God looks down from heaven and sees the work that Jesus did and delights in you. It's hard for us to wrap our hearts around, but it's part of why I can be free and be love God out of that freedom. Just let it pour over me. Again, it's... it's trumping all other desires as well. And the truth is we are forming rituals and norms every day. Um, Romans 12, this is the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is worship. Right? It's, it's, it's loving God and letting him take the pecking order in your life. That the love for God would be so much bigger than the things that seem to own us. That they would change the way we do our lives. Um, I would love your feedback on, on this. Uh, I tell you what, this uh, the fifth step and Psalm 51. How does Psalm, here's a question for you, the listener. How does Psalm 51, how do you translate that? I'd love for you to read that, pray about it, talk to God about it, and get back to me. Russ at ASI247.org. There's no right and wrong way, right? I'm not, I'm not going to give you a, well, you should read it like this. No. What does it say to you? What does it speak to you? When, when you open the Bible and you read it, that is God's message to you. That's God talking to you. How do you interpret that piece of scripture. How do you interpret Psalm 51? I'd love to hear from you. My name is Russ Shaw. Again, ASI247.org. Send me an email, uh, Twitter, uh, 
It's on the website, ASI247.org. You can like the Facebook page. You can get a hold of me there. However you do it, um, I'd love to, to hear some feedback on, on this, this one. Um, we're, we're ritualistic creatures. We are made to worship. That's who we are. Love you guys. I'll leave you with a tune. Until next time. Bye. I'm finding my way back to sanity again. Though I don't really.